0: Welcome to the Plus 6 Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 48 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter as JepBetDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. How's things? Just watched the Eagles get over the Bombers. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah, it wasn't convincing, but we got there. We we're Probably the experience held us in good stead towards those, or the second half, really. So, um, yeah, got the job done, and on to the next one.
0: With little time... Between rounds 15 and 16, preparation is critical to finish off this home and away season in AFL fantasy. Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're um, we're up against it now, rolling lockouts and and very little time to think in, in between rounds. So we've got to be on our game, um, and that's with primos and and really identifying those um, those big target scores for each round too. With most teams
0: now complete. Are we in the market to continue to tar- target specific games to maximise points?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Pete. I think um, firstly we identify the teams that are big possession teams, maybe like a GWS or a Western Bulldogs, and see who they're coming up against, and identifying, you know, those primos that could have a big round. That's um, that's a big strategy going in now. You know, we're at the business end and. It's that, you know, that last little peg. A lot of us um, are trying to be a bit different to, to gain a bit of a better rank. So, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. What is your single best piece of advice
0: to finish off the AFL fantasy season?
1: Well, I still think we need one emergency in each line. I think that's pretty critical. Um with that laid out, can really sting, especially those in the top thousand. Um, also, just you know, again, we've I've probably harped on this a lot. It's just doing the research on the captains too, and and the VC loophole and that kind of thing. We, you know, I'm probably guilty of of underestimating how the importance of a captain is each round, and and making sure we've got that loophole um, in the latter rounds with each you know with each player and potential captain. So. Yeah, I think just having that emergency is still really, really important and um, and yeah, paying a lot of attention on the captains because, look, a lot of us have got a lot of the same primos and, and that could be the difference. Yeah, just on that, when most of us got the same premium players,
0: a uh, couple of things for me, uh, definitely bench cover in each line, totally agree with you there. And holding that one trade, because you never know. we seen it last year with Dustin Martin laid out and how critical that was to the overall fantasy um, high-ranked teams. And we know uh, with the condensed fixture, again, that that could play
1: a big part. What are your thoughts Legit? Yeah, absolutely agree with you there, Bud. Because um, that condensed fixture, although in the first condensed fixture we had, it wasn't too popular yeah, holding that trade is, is probably equally or more important than the emergency, isn't it? So, yeah, couldn't agree more. Make sure you're following at AFL Ratings
0: on Twitter to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here crushing it. If you like a chance of scoring a plus-six podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. End of the season is approaching. We're going to give a few more caps away. This week on episode 48, Jepper and I are going to talk about key players ahead of round 16. Okay, we've played just a couple of games into round 15, but we're looking forward to Saturday's games and it'll be the start of round 16. Keep in mind, we're recording this podcast late on Tuesday night, September 1. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Remember, Jeppe and I are focused on overall ranking for fantasy. At times, we will have differing opinions. Okay, Jeppe, onto the podcast. We're going to run through this pretty snappy. We're going to give you the three games lined up for opponents, for teams to finish off the home and away season. And just a couple of players we're going to mention and make it short and sharp for this podcast. Okay, Adelaide Crows. They finish off the season with JWS, Carlton and Richmond. And three players we're going to look at. Today, Raleigh O'Brien, Brody Smith, and
1: Rory Laird. Give me your thoughts on any of those, Jep. Well, O'Brien, definitely with those matchups coming up. Brody Smith, yeah, yes and no, probably won't lose sleep in defence given. The um, emergence of Hawley and McDonald, but and Led, you know, Laird's still got that midfield role, so I like Laird there too. Laird can hit a bit of a
0: ceiling game, and I think O'Brien is a good R2 right there. Okay, on to Brisbane, I finish off the season with Gold Coast, Sydney, and Carlton. Three players we're going to look at here. Neil, with his ceiling and great season. Zorko into the forward line and midfield there as an option. And
1: Jared Lyons, any part of a unique you want out of him, Jep? Well, firstly with Neil, Gold Coast, Sydney and Carlton, they're probably three teams that still tag. So Neil's going to get a bit more attention, as he should, given the quality of player is, um, just to keep that in mind for captain choices. Zorko definitely coming um, into the right end of the season and he's coming probably needed the break, being one of the older stalwarts at Brisbane as well, so I expect him to have... A good finish to the uh, home and away season. Jared Lyons, definitely like him as an outside pick. Um, Just depending, he's he's probably a bit expensive to what his returns will likely be, but um, yeah, definitely a POD there. Okay, on to Carlton. They finish
0: off the season with Sydney, Adelaide and Brisbane. Three players we're going to look at here. Patrick Cripps, who had a knee scan and was cleared earlier today. Ed Curno, who is racking up the points at the moment, and Sam Doherty, who is in defence
1: and still has quite high ownership, Chip. So, look, with Carlton, they're obviously vying for a final spot, and they're still in the mix for that. So their guns, Cripps, Kerner and Doherty that we're talking about now, they're all going to be fully firing, given they've been at the club for a pretty long time and not had um, final success. So I expect those three to really put their hand up in these last few rounds. Collingwood, they have a buy
0: in round 16 to finish off the season with Gold Coast and Port Adelaide. Three players we're going to have a look at right here, Jet. Taylor Adams in the midfield. Jack Crisp with his low average. Do you move him on with a buy coming up? And also Brody Grundy and r one for most of us. But your thoughts on those three?
1: Uh, look, with the luxury of trading Crisp, if, um, if you've got a spare trade, for sure you'd sideways him even though he um, had 116 last round. Adams, like, amazing midfielder, amazing player. I just, um, I think he needs more accolades um, from a football perspective, not necessarily a fantasy perspective. He's really keeping Collingwood in it. And Brodie Grundy, again, look, I think they're just man- managing him throughout the the um, this in different fixture, and we've, we've seen that with all ruckmen. So, um, look, Adams probably not the most um, popular midfielder amongst fantasy coaches, but he should be. Um, he's he's great. He's a great pick and just doesn't take a backward step at all. Okay, on to Essendon. They
0: finish off the season with Geelong, Port
1: Adelaide and Melbourne. Andy
0: McGrath, ankle injury tonight versus West Coast, so he's likely done for the season or a significant part of the remaining home and away games. Sam Draper, he's now got to be benched from Egypt and also Zach Merritt, he's high ceiling. He's in play to be a trade target. Your
1: thoughts? Yeah, look, McGrath trade easy one. Draper, Nat Nui, physical pressure didn't. Um, you know, he tried to do his best, but yeah, Draper can't be your R two anymore. The time time is to move him on. Given he's got the cash there to use, Sakamara um, just keeps doing it, and they look for him on the outside every time. So fantasy friendly game. Uh, he comes at a price, but I think his ceiling's worth his price. Yeah, and also on Draper, the Bombers are playing him every
0: second game, so we don't know how that's going to play out against the Cats. OK, on to Fremantle. I finish off the season with Melbourne, North Melbourne, and Western Bulldogs. Luke Ryan, who is a concern to play in round 15... On Wednesday night, Nat Fife, who is getting tagged through the middle of the ground, and Michael Walters, who will have low ownership, Jep. uh, Can he find enough midfield time to
1: start to hit those early season
0: numbers again? Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so look, starting with Walters there, I I do believe he'll get back to that midfield time because um, they're going to start wrapping probably Fife up in cotton wool, potentially. Luke Mm -hmm. Ryan, on the other hand, I think he's in all Australian... All Australian contention, so they'll, he'll want to play, um, and Longmill will will honour that, and um, he'll uh, he has some scars from that uh, from the ankle and try to play through it. So, yeah, obviously avoid all three in the short term, but just monitor and watch. I think Walters is an outside um, sneaky value pick. Okay, on to the Cats. They finish off the season with Essendon,
0: Richmond and Sydney. Three players we're going to look at right here. Mitch Duncan, Patrick Dangerfield and Tom Stewart. I like Stewart in the back line, Jeb. And obviously midfield through um, Duncan I do like. And Dangerfield, depending on where the Cats are going to finish, you've got to think that his minutes either through the midfield or game time might be managed if the Cats are locked into the top four or into a top four position where they pretty
1: much can't move. Your thoughts? um Dangerfield's the the you know the red flag and Duncan's obviously not um I think he's probably older than Dangerfield mm. most likely so yeah that that's a huge risk in the in the last couple of rounds um for the next couple you know Tom Stewart he looks fresh he was moving well so there's nothing wrong there I'd just be have a backup plan for Duncan and Dangerfield if you currently own them and I definitely wouldn't look to bring them in now I'd look to um, others playing for, you know, accolades or, or part of, you know, getting their team into the finals, final eight or final top four. Okay, on to the Gold Coast. couple of players we're
0: going to look at here. They finished the season with Brisbane, Collingwood and Hawthorne. Uh, Hugh Greenwood, do we move him on from that forward line role? And Wits you know, people traded him in, traded him out. He hit a decent game in round 14. Uh, do we trust
1: him to put up some big numbers to finish the season, Jep? Probably not, probably not both. I think, you know, Greenwood's had a heavy load um, and looks a bit tired to me personally. Yeah. So I'd look to moving on. And same with Wits as well. Probably didn't start the season fully fit, um, even after the um, the break, and yeah, it hasn't come together for him. So, you know, these kind of players can be put in um, cotton wool early and, and finish off the season's, um, you know, or, or miss games towards those last two rounds. So probably avoid both. Onto GWS, Adelaide, Melbourne, and St Kilda to
0: finish the season. Three players that Cornelio's pretty much highly owned, but Tim Taranto is a unique. Zach Williams in defence, who's still a cheap option. Jep, I like Williams.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I really like Williams a lot there with the value. Again, as I mentioned it earlier. GWS played the possession game, so you're not going to go wrong with Taranto. Williams, Cornelio. Probably might be G for rest, but look, GWS are playing for a lot at the moment. They are far from a shoe in for the top eight, so there's a lot
0: more Don't forget we're talking about the last three rounds of the home and away season. That is round 16 onwards. Okay, onto the Hawks. A couple of players we're going to look at here are James Warpole and Tom Mitchell. The Hawks finish with Saints, Western Bulldogs, and also Gold Coast... Warple struggled a little bit today versus Adelaide, and Mitchell is still highly
1: owned. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Titch will be okay go towards the end of the season. I don't think um, uh, Clarko is going to move too much. He might play some younger kids on the flanks and out on the outside to see what they're made of. But Warple and Mitchell should play, you know, the last few rounds, and and they'll get some positivity into next to start for next season, really. On to Melbourne, they finished with Fremantle, GWS and
0: Essendon. Angus Brayshaw, he struggled in a defensive midfield role against the Saints on the weekend. Max Gorn, he has returned, and those last three games are a pretty decent matchup for me. And Clayton Oliver, is uh, still slightly unique in those top-ranked coaches. There's
1: one to target, Jet, for me.
0: Oh, Gorn and Oliver
1: are musts. Absolutely must. Um, mm. Brayshaw needs to be moved on. He was a, pro- a popular pick a couple of weeks back, but look, I'll, Gorn. I'll be owned as well, Brayshaw. Yeah, yeah. So Gorn, Gorn, he's got probably a couple more um, price drops. But do you wait? You know, do you just cop the cop the cost, cop the cost hit for a bit of a POD this round or mm. or next round? You know, that needs to be weighed up. Yes, yeah, he's a, a lot of money, and cash isn't falling off the trees, so to speak, at the moment. With um, very little rooks doing. Um, wonders. So yeah, if you can afford Gorn now and gain rank, definitely get him there at R2. So um, I think Gorn ahead of Oliver. We've had so many problems with um, R2 throughout the season. I think Gorn could be that leg up that coaches are looking for. Okay, his last three
0: games are against Darcy for Fremantle. We're going against Jacobs or Mumford. And the last game is against either Draper, uh, Bell Chambers or Phillips. So that's a very good run to finish off the season, Chip.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much um, just confirms uh, the inevitable. So, yeah, coaches look to get him in.
0: On to North Melbourne. They finish off the season with Port Adelaide Fremantle on the West Coast. Luke McDonald coming off his bye should be a pretty much a genuine target for me. Jed Anderson in midfield, another one for me. And Jai Simkin, do we move him on to? Well, Luke
1: McDonald and Jed Anderson have, have, you know, in the last month have found these roles where they're just commanding the football and getting a, a whole heap of it. Um, so I like both of those picks. Simpkin, again, probably in that age bracket where he's tiring towards the end of this season and probably mentally as well. So you could do worse than move him on. I, I don't think it's probably a priority, but um, if you got the luxury, you could um, lock in those premo forwards that you know are going to do the job. Okay,
0: on to Port Adelaide, North Melbourne, Essendon and Collingwood to finish this home and away season in 2020. Dan Houston, he's 579K and adds flexibility with his DPP status and he will be 0% owned. Travis Boken at midfield, decent run to finish the season and Rocky, can we go for a ceiling game, Chip?
1: I just think Port Adelaide really spread spread their loads um, and, and uh, possessions quite well. Um, I, I don't think you can rely on any three of those with your hand on your heart and say they're going to give me consistent scores to, for the end of the home and away season. So I, too risky, and it's a no two all three. For me, I would
0: consider all three, so this is an opposing opinion, because... North Melbourne, Essen and Collingwood to finish the season. Uh, some high numbers can be put up there. But anyway, we'll see how that pans out. OK, on to Richmond. They have the bye in Round 16 and Geelong and Adelaide to finish the season. Jaden Short still doing OK with Basha Hawley in the team. Bashir Hawley himself has a strong bye average to be trading in Chip. And also we're looking at Dustin Martin and especially in that Round 18 game
1: against the Crows. Your thoughts? <laughs> Oh look, um Hooley and Martin again, really good targets to, to uh finish off the season. Richmond need to lock in top four, so we keep that in mind. I actually traded in Hooley this week for that high average, um, knowing that they've got the buy next week. So that's a tick there. Jaden Short, I think he's we can expect some yo yo scores even though he did all right with Hooley last week. So Hooley and Martin, yes great minds. I did Holly
0: again as well this week as well. Okay, on to the Saints. They finish with Hawthorne, West Coast and GWS to finish the season. Looking at Rowan Marshall, who's been extremely consistent, even with a dual set setup for the Saints. Zach Jones is still unique for me, but he's still a, like a Tier 2 type midfielder. And Jack Steele, who's quite
1: unique on those highly ranked teams. And there's one who has a ceiling jet. Yeah, Steele's been great all year Um, and his new role, and he's been let off the leash and loving every second. So like the Steele pick, I think Marshall, you know, if he can't afford Gorn at that hefty price, Marshall becomes, you know, with O'Brien, it's probably Marshall's more of a unique than O'Brien at this point. Um, But, yeah, you could consider him so. And, look, Zach Jones, I think it's too risky for for, um, consistent scores for the rest of the year. Okay, onto the Sydney
0: Swans. I finish off with Carlton, Brisbane, and Geelong. In their final three games, Jake Lloyd is a definite target for me. Jordan Dawson is putting up some decent numbers. Is he any chance? Josh Kennedy is going to that midfield, and also from injury, and also Luke Parker. Just one important point before we go here, Jep. Swans coach John Longmire did say pre-game against Port Adelaide, although it didn't pan out this way, that Kennedy and Parker may spend a little bit of time forward to finish off the season. So there's probably two players that you might want to stay stay away from, and obviously the. Swans are going to miss the finals. So it's a little bit of a volatile situation where John Longmire is going to start to play people in positions
1: to see what he's got for next year. Your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. So Swans missing finals is going to be a few tricks for um, roles and, and changes to see what he's got and, and list movements for the off-season. So Jake Lloyd, you don't expect anything to change there um, unless he gets a niggle injury. He might be putting cotton wool early, but you can't predict those things. I think Dawson, Kennedy and Parker are just far too volatile and it's just the way better picks um, in every line. On to West
0: Coast, they finish off with the Western Bulldogs, St Kilda and North Melbourne. Luke Shuey had back hamstring issues against the Bombers on Tuesday night. Tim Kelly, we know he's got a little bit of a ceiling, but hasn't put up great numbers this year. They've been solid, but not great. And Andrew Gaff with
1: his ceiling, I would certainly consider him. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, Gaff's got to be the target there. I think Shuey has a week or well, two, three weeks off. God knows how long. Um, and Kelly probably might even stand up a little bit in Shuey's absence, along with Sheed, as they usually do. But um, Gaff, again, watching him tonight behind the ball, getting those cheap possessions um, and fantasy-friendly game. On to the Western Bulldogs.
0: They we finish off the season with West Coast, Hawthorne and Fremantle. Three players we're going to look at here. Jack McRae in midfield. Obviously, if you don't know him, he's got a high ceiling. He needs to be a target for me. Lockie Hunter is putting up very good numbers, Jep, What are your thoughts there? And also, Josh Dunkley. Can he get out of that ruck roll? It's going to be good for next year. If there's any possibility that he gets um, the R position added, not too sure how that's going to pan out. But he needs to, for this year, he needs
1: to get away from that ruck roll. Your thoughts? Yeah, wouldn't that be funny? Uh, Look, starting with the Dogs, um, again, possession game, football, fantasy-friendly game. So McRae and Hunter get a heap of the ball. Um, Both have to be targets, no doubt. Uh, Dunkley, I don't think we, you know, you'd put Hunter and McRae ahead of him. It's not as if you'd have all three in your team. So if you're gonna have two dogs in your team, it's probably McCray Hunter and then even Bontempelli um waving his hand in the background saying, Jeff, what about me? So um yeah, no to Dunkley, yes to McCray and Hunter. Okay, Jeff,
0: onto some ownership numbers and they're coming from round fourteen. I'll pop some ownership numbers from round f- at the end of round 15 on my Twitter feed uh, for those who want to have looked some key numbers heading into the final three rounds. So that'll be either uh, late on Friday night or early on Saturday morning. Okay, in defence, Jep, uh, we've got Doherty at 96%, Lloyd at 92%, we've got Stewart at 68%, Lead at 64%, Crisp at 40%, Brody Smith at 32%, in 32%, Furlow who's a bit of an issue now 24%, Haynes also as well
1: at 24%. Your thoughts? So no Luke McDonald in that top 25, which is very interesting. And we've 16, got Docherty. 16%. There you go, and that's pretty low. And then we still got Dockerty in the 90s in the ownership there. So still a lot of moving in that back six. Hopefully some coaches have that luxury trade, and you probably go Doc to uh, to McDonald to try get a leg up. Onto the midfield, we're looking at
0: Mitchell at 92%, Neal at 80%, Angus Brayshaw at 80%, which is significant. Also, we're looking at McCrae at 76%, Adam 64%, still remains high throughout the season. Gaff 52%, Canelio 48%, Duncan 48%, Dangerfield 28%, McGrath, who now needs to be traded, 24%. Zorko, he's got some ownership in that midfield, we'll get to in a minute. He's at 20% in that midfield there. Crips, we've got 20%. Warpool at 20%. Oliver is a unique at 16%. I'm going to go down the list here so people can get a good idea who to target. Uh, Steele at 12%. Simpkins got some ownership in that forward lanes 12% in that midfield. McCluggage, not too, too sure you want to look at him at 8%. Higgins still floating in that top 25 there at 8%. Merritt at 8%. Uh, Taranto at 8%. And let me just go down to a couple more. I've got Bontopelli at 4%, which is interesting, and Parker at 4%, Rocket 4%, Tim Kelly, another one there at 4%, Pendlebury at 4%, and Boke at 4%, so there's a unique, I, I quite like the runner portal Lab, the finishing here, Boak is just at 4% right there, your thoughts, Jeff?
1: Yeah, more merits. I'm, I'm thinking merit. Uh, it was at 8%. So, Bray yeah. Short and might be a popular trade this week. Um, and then, yeah, now coaches need to get rid of McGrath, um, those that own them. So, look, probably a, a, an understandable spread at the start. But, yeah, we start to thin out and, and getting these uniques in the midfield. And like we said at the start of the pod, identifying those players that will go big in a round or two rounds is um, imperative for the for the overall rank. And as we know, start to look at key
0: forwards towards the end of the season, pretty much the last game, maybe the last couple of games, because we've seen it in the past. Although key forwards haven't had a great season, once you get a good matchup into that final game of the season, uh, you never know what happens. Uh, we've seen it last year. We've seen it the year you finished you nearly. Know, took out overall title Jep key forwards and those that can put up high ceilings in a favourable matchup are very much key towards the finish of an AFL fantasy season Jep
1: yeah and look um, with that like I'd think automatically Charlie Dixon but then he's got Robbie Tarrant from North Melbourne in round 16. He's got probably Hurley or um, whoever he gets against Essendon in round 17 and then Darcy more likely in round 18. So they're pretty good key defenders in each of those teams. Um, So, yeah, again, a lot of study. Definitely like, remember what the winner did last year, bringing in Jeremy Cameron, who um, was obviously going for the Coleman medal and and all the rest of it. So, yeah, definitely worth noting um, and probably pretty important. To um, those vying for overall, you know, top ten or or first, really.
0: Yeah, looking at uh, Tom Hawkins for the Cats, they play the Swans in that last round, so it'll be interesting mm. to see how the Swans are in defence. So that might be one to look at. But again, that's a, a swing and a miss. You know, it's pretty much you're going to miss more times than you're going to hit. But if you've got to make up a significant amount
1: of points, it might be one to look but- at. Imagine if uh, Hawkins was a laid out <laughs> you know, in that game, if they locked in top four or or something like that. So oh, that would be absolutely diabolical,
0: wouldn't it? Well, the best case scenario there is he, he needs five or six goals to win the Coleman medal. Yeah. Then you know he's going to be on. So that's just one thing you're going to have a look at. And uh, Jeremy Cameron was in that position last year where he needed a stack of goals to win the Coleman medal, and he just did it by, pretty much by halftime from, from memory. Okay, looking at the rucks, Jep, we're looking at Grundy at 92%, O'Brien at 40%, he's now moved up to number 2, Goldie who is struggling for scores at 32%, Marshall who has been consistent at 16%, Gorn is the unique at 8%, and yeah, we'll just put pretty much leave it at that one, but Gorn is the one there, Jip.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, Gorn at 8%, those owners are a pretty smug, I would think. The team ranked number 6 has the Brody, Grundy and Max Gorn.
0: Combo. So that's... I he's loving life at the moment. Yeah, you'd be loving that right now. Okay, on to the forwards, Jeff. We'll look at Petranka who's at 96% in the forward line and he has 4% in the midfield. So he is locked at 100%. Whitfield is at 88% in that forward line and in the midfield he is at 8%. So 96% there. Bailey Smith, 80%. Brayshaw for Fremantle, 80%. Simpkins, 64%. Now let's look at his... Midfield is at twelve percent there, so you know three quarters of those top-ranked teams do own Simkin. So there's one player that you might want to make a move on, and just moving down from Simkin, Greenwood is potentially one to look on to move on. Sixty percent Riccardi was fifty-six percent owned. Jep, your thoughts right there? Wow,
1: I mean, yeah, look, it's it's not an obvious one, but the confidence of the kid, it's um, yeah, it's very good returns in for those coaches probably timed well because again i bet you those coaches of Riccardi on the field don't have an abundance of cash at bank or um rooks on the bench with with <clears throat> with cash to earn so look i've i've got Riccardi on my myfield obviously this week as many do dustin mann at 36% and he's 8% in
0: that midfield so there's one there you can target, especially with his final game against the Crows. Uh, Dane Zorko, 24% in that forward line. And again, he's got some ownership in that midfield at 20%, as I mentioned earlier. So 44% there. So there's one player you might want to target there. And Jack Steven down at 8%, Wingard down at 4%. So you're just meet pretty much throwing a fishing line into the ocean. Your thoughts on those forwards, Jeff?
1: Yeah, again yeah, A lot of them make sense. I think targeting the uniques... Um, for the remainder of the season and and wild picks even like a Kyle Langford who tonight had a whole heap of the ball. So, um, you know, desperate times and, and those big risks could pay off. Okay, Jep, that's it for this podcast, Short
0: and Sharp. We will return next week for episode 49 again on Tuesday night. And Jep, that's it for episode 48. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, guys.